And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another We Are Me podcast with Davey Erskine and Mickey Brennan. And Davey, it's been a helter-skelter weekend of football and hurling and camogie and, you know, it all, it all, it all started during the week, but like it's, it's, it's just been a manic, manic few days. It's been a crazy week, Mickey, yeah. And yeah. Uh, look, we wouldn't have it any other way. It was, it was a brilliant week of football. Um, and hurling across the, across the county meads. We had mixed fortunes, but I think... I think it's fair to say across the board we had unbelievable performances from all of our mead teams that were in action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, um, I know Colin O'Rourke said, you know, uh, a, a gallant loss is still a loss, and he's right. But like, you know, um, at least the supporters can come away today or. Uh, and be proud of the players. I suppose the last couple of Leinster finals, we won't give, obviously, we'll be coming to the Mead um, Dublin game, uh, Leinster semi-final in, in a few minutes, but uh, it finished, obviously, 216 to 113 in favour of Dublin. But the last two Leinster finals that we lost, Davy, there wasn't much you could take from the games. There was plenty to take from the game today, so plenty of heart. Yeah, and, and that's what the Mead supporters have been crying out for for some time now. And, I suppose when you when you contrast the emotions of the Mead supporters at halftime versus that at full time, you'd have to say that, right, as we talked about last week, we're not in it for moral victories. And no doubt Andy McAtee won't be taking much solace in the fact that Mead got within X amount of Dublin, whatever. But the fight, spirit, character, um, courage shown by those Mead fellas in the second half uh, today was marvellous, Mickey. Um, I think that the atmosphere in the stands, the, the Mead supporters back in the team, Travelling huge numbers were extremely vocal throughout, completely outweighed Dublin in that respect as well. Mm. And uh, the players responded, you know, and they they set the tone at the start of the second half. Matt Costello scored a terrific goal. And from there on in, it just started to snowball. And unfortunately, we just couldn't get that elusive second goal, which I think, you know, we had the chance would've, that Ronan Jones would have would have probably yeah. leveled things up. And who knows what could have happened. We would have dared to dream. But for the first time in probably... I'm going to say 10 years. I think it was the Leinster final in 2012. We got within four points, was it? Yeah. Three, point, three, four points. That that was the best I've seen Mead perform against Dublin by, by some considerable distance, Mickey. Yeah, yeah. Really, it really was there, the, the, an, an incredible performance uh, when you look back at it. Um, but we will come to that game in a couple of minutes. We're going to start with the hurlers, Davy, And the minor hurlers were out twice in the space of three days. They lost to Dublin in, I think it was the quarterfinal of the Leinster uh, uh, championship um, proper 
um, on Wednesday, 418 to 1-6. And then we're playing, playing again on Saturday in the Padre Lahan uh, semi-final against Down. And obviously, very quick turnaround. Um, didn't suit the lads and they lost by a point, 113 to 15 points that game played on Saturday in Darver in the, in the semi-final, as I said, at the Padre Lahan. Um, but again, these these lads have gone above and beyond and will be disappointed to go out at the semi-final of the Padre Lahan, having showed so much promise. But I suppose that the quick turnaround from Wednesday to, to, to Saturday ultimately killed them. Yeah, I'm not sure what the what the ins and outs of it were, Mickey. It seemed very strange, and you have to bear in mind as well, Mead didn't have a game last week due to the COVID outbreak in Antrim. Yeah. Um, beaten by Dublin, a very good side. And then Mead made 14 changes for the game on Saturday, which which was interesting too. And I'm not sure, was it down to you know the fact that they played on Wednesday and what sort of team they had out and everything? Or was it potentially that they thought they may have enough to get through against Down with with, with a much changed side? I'm not really sure. I, I'm not privy to it again. I didn't get to the game. Uh, Anthony Quinn is selector. He he works with me, so I'll be chatting to him this week, and it'll be interesting to see what his feelings are on it. But uh, yeah, disappointing. That's two years in a row now we've been knocked out um, at this stage by the narrowest of margins, and you know they're a very promising group of of young hurlers who are probably going to go on and represent me the 20s and senior level in the years to come and they've been unlucky for the last two years I would suggest not to have probably got over the line and claimed some sort of silverware but no doubt their future is is more or less bright yeah it really is and, and, and hard luck to the lads um, the, the, the Mead Hurlers were out in the Joe McDonough relegation playoff for Parallel Park Davy as well um, what a performance what a last two performances by this Mead team 28 points to Mead 115 to Kildare 10 point victory and another outstanding display by uh, Jaxie Regan. Jaxie, yeah, with 17 points. Uh, At all. An absolute maverick of a man. He's He's been brilliant. And, you know, earlier in the year, he was struggling to get into the team, unthinkably, really. Um, and it was probably synonymous with me, struggles in the time during the league. And the turnaround that this group have enjoyed over the last three or four weeks, and I would include that down game, that for me was the start of it. And I... I watched them that day and I'd seen how gutted they were after having put in such a massive effort and then obviously the boost that that Kerry game gave them I know it didn't change anything but I suppose psychologically motivation wise everything that you needed from that they got to go into what was a really tricky game against the Kildare side who should have beat Westmead the week before Westmead railroaded Kerry in the Joe McDonough final on Saturday by the way and uh we're, we're, you know, we're tested again. I know Mead ended up winning, what was it, by nine, ten points in the end, Mickey? But, yeah. we, you know, we trailed again at half time, And every time that the question is asked to these fellas, and there's been loads asked over the last probably two years, they've come up with the answers. They're a fantastic group. Just, I, I know we speak every week, but I'm just so happy for Nick and the management team who, for them, it would have been easy to just throw their cap at it and say, Do you know what, it's not, it's not working, it's not going to work. You know, we'll we'll move on and we'll we'll crack on somewhere else. But they're just they're fighters. The players are fighters, and and they pulled off what can only be described as a great escape. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely uh, phenomenal. Um, last two games, uh, I think both games scoring twenty eight points in both of them. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they they, they beat Kerry. Yeah, twenty eight points to one twenty one. Um, so you know, hitting twenty eight points two weeks on the trot. But it just shows the fine margins. And it just shows you how close they are as well. 
considering that they beat Kerry. Kerry obviously went on to play Westmead in the John McDonough final and they were beaten by Westmead as well, but narrow, it wasn't a huge defeat to Westmead um, earlier in, in, in their campaign. So a little bit of tweaking and maybe a player or, or maybe two players could be the difference between that team, you know, being in that relegation playoff or being in that final. It's, it's, it's very fine margins. It is, and it, I suppose what we can learn from the last two weeks is that Mead most definitely belong at Joe McDonough Hurland, which is great. I'll be honest with you, Mickey, at the start of the Joe McDonough campaign, I would have said we'd have no right to be in that, that competition based on our league performance. When you look at the, the absolute drubbing we got at the hands of Carlo um, and then down in the last league match to try and turn that around and there was other stuff going on as well, which couldn't have helped things, but in many ways, it probably galvanised things. Um, they did a lot of soul search and they did a couple of training days and probably bonded and came together and just just brilliant, you know. And now, now the challenge, as you say, Mickey, is going to be to push on, you know, next year, it, both in the league and the championship. That's fine now. We've we've kind of proven that we can perform against these teams. We can get results. But now, now the next challenge is to try and push on and challenge in what's going to be probably the strongest ever Joe McDonough field next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, and we wish Nick Weir and the lads the very best of luck as they now can have some downtime from the county scene and, and maybe reevaluate things and get ready for next year. Um, Davey, uh, sticking with the sticks, the Camogues, the under-16s, won the Be All-Ireland on Sunday. Mead, nine goals and 13 points. Offaly, four goals and 12. That play, game played on Sunday afternoon in Kingsman Brevity, but... Um, brilliant for the for, for the young Camogues winning that All-Ireland under 16 beat. Fantastic achievement, you know, and it's probably um, it's probably a code that we haven't had all that much success in. I think it's fair to say, you know, the, the girls at senior level have enjoyed a bit at intermediate level over the last, what, 12, 13 years. But what that shows is the future is, is bright as well for those. And I think that will really galvanise the senior girls. And I know it's probably... A little bit premature saying, okay, they've won a 16th competition, but for the first time now in a long time, it shows that there's the underage work that's going in at Camogie level is only starting to bear fruit now, and that's only going to benefit the senior team. I mean, you look at the senior panel that Brendan Skeen has at the minute, and aside from, say, the core group of experienced players, yeah. you have a very young sort of nucleus of, of, of panel members, if you will. These are only going to add to it. And I know they're only at 16 years of age, but they're going to go on and they're probably going to be in on the senior panel in the next two years. That's just the way it works. So um, brilliant for them. Fantastic achievement. And as you say, they, they didn't just win it. They absolutely romped it. Uh, so fantastic achievement. Fair play to them. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And as you said, they really did romp it. Nine goals and 13 points is uh, some scoring. Um, I think at one stage it was like five goals and seven points to... Uh, two or three points it was something like that um, but um, moving on Davey now the first or the, sorry the second of our teams to meet Dublin in the last week were the under 20s obviously the Mead Hurlers the minor Hurlers lost to Dublin um, on Wednesday night in Park Culture but then on Thursday night it was the turn of the under 20s now we know the whole uh, hoo-ha over the last number of weeks with our under 20s um, and unfortunately losing Bernard Flynn um, and his management team. Barry Callaghan came in, stepped in at a time when his county needed him and put together what his team. Um, you know, obviously, Bernard Flynn would have had all these lads training and he would have been given the panel 
to, to, to go ahead and pick his team or whatever. But I, I was watching this game, Davy, on on um, on Thursday evening, and what what a performance by the lads! But you know, so close and yet so far, uh, it's just it ended up thirteen points to four goals and seven. Ended up a six point victory for for Dublin, but it was the last they scored a goal with the last second with the, with the, the last touch of the game. But like Mead hit the crossbar, and there was two goals that were just. From from mistakes by me that, that you know they, they they scored goals and but still an awesome display because I I, I know that Mead have have uh, had some challenges in the last six or eight weeks at under twenty level and you know none of the, very few of the the, the um, challenges went well against the bigger teams and um, so to come out against Dublin and to do what they to put Dublin to the pin or collar and should I would still say. We'll come away with that with huge regrets because they should have won that game. They were a better team on the day. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. Uh, I I worried for them after 10 yeah. minutes. We were 1-4 to a point down. Um, Dublin looked looked on fire. Me didn't seem to have any sort of cohesion at all in their play whatsoever. But to their credit, once again, the fight back was admirable to say the very least. Um, they made a few tweaks, a few substitutions. They got a bit of joy from it. They got a huge purple patch at the start of the second half, which, as you say, bore, bore fruit for them. Um, we had a brilliant chance, uh, probably entering injury time through Conor Moriarty, where he was denied brilliantly by the Dublin goalkeeper. And that was that was a huge moment. That would have uh, put us ahead, actually, at the time. And as you say, Dublin went down the other end and, and you know got a fortuitous kind of fourth goal to just rubber stamp it. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm, you, like these players, they're the ones I feel sorry for behind all of this because yeah. you're right, Mickey, they've been there all the time. So from when Bernard came in to when Barry and Sean Kelly came in, um, they're the ones that sort of had have had to contend with the most, I would have said. But, you know, when you see the performance that the captain, James O'Hare, put in on, on Thursday night, I think that tells you all you need to know. His He was exemplary. He was absolutely sensational. Um, the leadership, the man was pretty much in tears walking off the pitch um, after speaking to his troops after the game. I think that's what it meant. I know we, the, the whole debacle was over the senior players, but let's pick out one senior player who did play, and that was Jack Flynn, who, who started in the middle of the park. And what I would have said is he worked his way into the game, but in the second half, he completely dominated. He just showed all of his class, his ball winning, his striking off the ground, by the way. Two yeah. outstanding 45s in a row, ran himself into the ground so much so that for that last goal that Dublin got, Jack Flynn was just literally running on empty, couldn't keep up with his man. And in many cases, that's probably the first full game that Jack Flynn has played this year. You know, he <laughs> might have played a couple of challenges and stuff, but he's played very little for his club. He's obviously not really featured for me, aside from the Mayo game in Castlebar. Um, but it was brilliant to see him involved and he definitely gave them a huge amount of impetus in, in that midfield. Obviously, Luke Mitchell came in early in the piece. He came in midway through the first half, made a big impression. I know he's been carrying an injury too, but he looked dangerous, you know, and he probably didn't have the, the art of pace that possibly other lads got, but his free taking was not an exemplary. As you said, Conor Moriarty missed the goal chance, but he hit four tremendous points from play. You know, he really took on the responsibility in there. And then a couple of minors, which were only knocked out, you know, last weekend. Kieran Caulfield and, and Owen Frayne obviously came on in the second half and definitely added something to that Mead attack when we really had um, the bit of impetus. But as you say, we just probably gave ourselves too much to do on the night, Mickey, unfortunately. Yeah, and and like 
as you said, like I think Dublin went one four to two points up or whatever, and or even one four to a point up at the first mm. water break. We had plenty of chances, and I think there was a bit of franticness about the the mid team uh, and nearly a bit of nervousness. Like, this is a Dublin team that uh, were beating the All Ireland final last year by Galway, um, and ten of the players from that day were underage again for this team this year. So, like, this is a really good, strong Dublin team. Um, and maybe there was a little bit of nervousness or whatever because we had the lion's share of, of chances, of, of really good scoring chances. And we coughed up the ball, as I said, too easily for a lot of their scores in that first half. There were unforced errors. And, you know, if they, the boys look back on that game to be like, oh, Jesus, we, we really could have won this game so easily as well. Yeah, it's, it's often the case of what could have been. But what I would say, all things aside, is full credit to Barry and Sean, Paddy Gilson, oh, Stephen Bray. Yeah. Uh, Paddy Reynolds was in there as well for the job in which they did, because it wasn't easy for those guys either to come yeah. in at such a late stage. They, they clipped the panel down um, and worked with sort of a core group of guys and just got on with it. And I, I think they deserve immense credit. I would say that you know, hopefully they could probably take this again next year. I would have said, you know, obviously John McCarthy's going up to work with the development squad now. Well, that's the plan with sort of the 19s level. And the, the initially Bernard Flynn was to do two years with the 20s. I'd love to see Barry and Sean yeah. have a full kind of year at this now and, and just see what they can do. Um, but as you say, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's one that sort of we left behind ourselves. I know what you're saying about Dublin, but I'm not sure how good they are either. I, I, don't I think they'll probably win the Leinster, and that's not going to say too much. Um, but but I think they'll they'll do extremely well to win an All Ireland based on what I've seen from them from last Thursday night. They they have aspects of the, the Dublin seniors, if you will, in terms of the way in which they play and yeah, yeah. execute the game plan and all of that kind of jazz. But I don't know how good they are, and that's sort of why I just I'm really disappointed that me just couldn't get over the line, unfortunately. Yeah, like a hundred percent agree. I'm, I'm so delighted for uh, Barry and uh, and Sean Kelly and all the lads that are involved. Um, I'm disappointed for them and I'm disappointed for the players that it did get away from them. Um, you know, after I've, all the controversy and everything, these lads deserved a little bit of uh, a bit of a, a g up and, and a bit of success. So um, yeah, look hard luck to the lads. Absolutely brilliant. So proud of them. What a performance. Um, and it, obviously, as you said, Dublin march on. Davy, the third of our meetings with Dublin took place on Sunday afternoon at 4.30 in Crow Park. And Mead 2.16, or sorry, Dublin 2.16, Mead 1.13. And we said, we spoke about it earlier on at the very beginning of the podcast. Um, you know, more victories are are still, are, you know, they're, they're, a loss is a loss or a gallant loss is a loss and a moral victory is not worth the paper it's written on or whatever. But as we said, these players have gone through hell with Dublin, the last two Leinster finals. So to, to do what they did to Dublin today and to not fear them in that second half and to have a go um, and see themselves come so close to Dublin and, and, and to create so many goal chances against Dublin as well and not take them, but um, yeah, we're so proud of these lads, and yeah, the gallant loss is a loss, but as I said, the last two Leinster finals were tough to take, but you know, the lads can walk away from the game today knowing that the, the supporters are proud of them. 
Very much so. Yeah, supporters were, were excellent and they responded and, and so did the players, to be honest with you, you know, and it was it was great to see Mickey. Um I I won't lie to you, I was I was fairly down at half time, um, just thinking, here we go again. And I was trying to piece it together, you know, in my head, because you look at how close Wexford got to them. Well, close in terms of they got within seven points, they never were realistically in the game. But you're kind of saying, what are we doing wrong that we keep walking into it or we keep just falling at their feet year in, year out? And that's sort of what, where I was at at halftime with my thoughts. Suddenly they come out and whatever was said or whoever stood up and said something in that dressing room, there was, there was a massive change in, in the attitude of me. Then possibly they just says, lads, listen, look, at we have, we have supporters out there. We can't go back to me tonight with another huge loss at the hands of these lads. They came out and they were a completely different side and that was set by, by Matt Costello's goal, Mickey. That completely sparked the revival. Do you think that they were a completely different team in the second half? Because when you look at the first half, we had, a, we had a goal chance that was saved. We had a penalty shout that was a stonewall penalty. And then Dublin go up and get their uh, penalty up the other end of the field. And that like was an awful kick in the ghoulies, let's just say. I thought like we, we created chances in that first half. Um, I suppose in the second half, we were probably, as you said, they came out like men possessed. And the tackling, the hitting, the Shane McEntee's shoulder. Um, I, I felt that here in Navin. Um, you know, the reverberations from it. Yeah, the, 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 I, I, but I don't think that they were a completely different team. I thought that the referee was a bit now, like our penalty was a stonewall penalty and yeah. the, and Fenton's penalty was, there was very little, um, very, very little uh, uh, contact in it at all. No, you're right. Mead's penalty was more of a penalty than Dublin's. I don't think there's any dispute in that. What I'm getting at is more at, at the ease of which Dublin got their scores in the first half relative yeah. to how hard they had to work for them in the second. So Costlo, Kilkenny, Rock from Freeze and different things in the first half were just getting them at their ease. They completely dominated the Mead kick out. Um, that flip-flopped altogether in the second half. You look at Dublin's shot, shot selection sorry, in the second half. Right, granted they were under pressure on that, but Mead were putting them out at different angles, which you know yourself, they, they don't like shooting from outside of what might be perceived as the, the safe scoring range for them. And, and that coincided with Mead's ability to put them on the back foot too, to start dominating in midfield, winning breaking balls, winning those dirty balls. And the Shane McIntyre was just probably the highlight of some of those. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, there was definitely an added vigour in the second half. I'm not saying that the, the application wasn't there in the first, but there was definitely something yeah, well, that there was a spark change, 100%. There was, yeah. there was an intensity there in the yeah. second half. Because like, like, uh, and there was a willingness to get to the man who was shooting or the man who was on the ball because they only scored two points for, I think it was 28 minutes of the second half. You know, And they were really, really rattled. Um, whereas what are they? They had two, two eight or two nine scored in the first twenty eight minutes of the first half. So yeah, there definitely was a change in tact, and, and the lads went for it. And you know, there's a few things that stood stood out for me today. Hearing the fans singing, uh, "Come on, you boys in green," right? Um, you know, like what I was delighted about today when I went on to Twitter and I went on to social media and whatever after the game was. The amount of pride that was shown uh, for these lads, 
and there was very few people knocking them or knocking management or giving out or whatever. It was, everybody was behind the team and it sounded like everybody was behind the team in Crow Park and that there was no dubs there at all, Davey. No, completely out, outsung in the terraces, Mickey, for sure. Uh, they didn't know where to look or what to do or that. And so much so that, you know, in the last few minutes when Dublin were going into their shell and keeping the ball, the relief and, and the, the, sorry, the cheer when they went four points up. Yeah. When they got the score, the, what probably can be perceived now is the insurance point. Yeah. It was almost <laughs> as if it was the kick to win an All-Ireland final for them. That for me was a huge, Philip, for me, supporters looking at and listening to is obviously, as you say, moral victories or whatever they are. The biggest disappointment for me on the back of today is that there's no back door because yes. I think on the back of that performance, Mead could have definitely had a great run in the qualifiers and who knows where they could have went this summer. Forcey is not meant to be, but at least we can go back to the drawing board with that performance now. Whereas you look at the back end of last year, coming up to Christmas, the lads yeah. had to sit on an absolute mall in, in a Leinster final. And that, that took a little bit of time. And if truth be told, probably today was the first day that maybe they got that out of their systems, I would have said. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. And, 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 you know, it's a long way from a Leinster final um, where, where, where there's no back door to the start of the following season. And that is your last performance. Um, so yeah, definitely they got that one out of the, the system, and um, yeah, look, just really, really delighted for the lads. Um, uh, like goal chances, you know. Um, I thought Jordy Morris was excellent and whatever, but he did have a, a goal chance in, in, in the second half, I think it was. Or was first, it half, first, no? half? first half, first half, yeah, he got a point off it, yeah. And I, I just think that that penal was a huge swing. If we get that, if we get that penal. I think we leveled the game at that stage. And I think it would have been a huge, huge carrot for the lads to push on at that stage. I think we just left left it too late. I think, you know, we didn't get it. We, we didn't get close enough to the dubs early enough, as in, in the second half, to really worry them. Can you imagine getting down to three points mm. 15 minutes into the second half or at the start of the, the third quarter? And, you know, having it down to a point or two, you would have seen the, the dubs crumbling then, maybe. Yeah, the dubs, the dubs are cute hooers. They, uh, yeah. <laughs> they started a bit of a scuffle when they were really under the cosh. And then there yeah. was a couple of lads going down with injuries, uh, yeah. in, inverted, in inverted commas. Um, yeah, Andy, just, I, I, Andy was very worried about them. He was asked about that. And he says, yeah, what's it? Three, three players are down. I, I will be, I'll, I'll be ringing now to find out. How yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but, but look, at the, they have that sort game of management, yeah. experience, let's call it. And they, they understood the position they were in and they did take this thing out of Mead. Now, in saying that, they didn't go on and kind of punish Mead on the scoreboard, but they kept a stalemate about the game for about 10 minutes. And ultimately kill that Mead momentum from early in the second half. And Mead did get it back. You're right. It was just too late. It was just coming up to injury time and we could never just yeah. bridge that gap. Ronan Jones going through for the second, for that goal chance. Just wrong man, wrong place, wrong time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, got a shot off, but straight at the keeper. He had a great, great influence. We did speculate that he probably would feature at some stage. He obviously played a half for Dunboyne in the Fesh Cup last week, so... We did have an inkling that he would be involved and he definitely added something to, to that midfield. And a word for the goalkeeper, Harry Hogan, Mickey, yes. you know, in his first championship start, um, 
pulled off a tremendous save. I know he had a bit of trouble with the kick hits in the first half. Again, I would say it was probably all his fault entirely. But the save he made, I was watching him in the warm-up actually closely. He was flying. The saves he was pulling off in the warm-up even. I just said, this fella obviously is, he must be he must be flying in training. And this, the save from Fenton in the second half was nothing short of tremendous. Yeah, yeah. Delight for him on his championship debut. And like, you know, future is bright for him. Um, uh, you know, like Colgan is going to have to do an awful lot of work if he wants to get back into the nets uh, ahead of Harry Hogan. But yeah, look, it's 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 a disappointing loss. We won't say it's not, but um, at least the lads can hold their heads up high and say that they died with their boots on. Um, brilliant performance. Um, and just left it too late. Just let Dublin get too far ahead in that first half. Obviously, the penalty shouts could have could have swung it a, a little bit different. I thought that the referee was pretty poor in the first half, but look. Um, yeah, proud of the lads, absolutely brilliant. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, we are going to move on now to our results and fixtures for the week ahead. Um I think, do you have the results and I have the fixtures? Is that the way it is? All, all the way around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll get the results up, Mickey. Yeah, uh, you, you just, uh, you just set the scene there for. Uh, <laughs> I actually, yeah, I, I got to, um, got to one of the games now at the. That's right. You first club game I've been at all year that hasn't been my own, obviously, and it was it was just nice, but. Uh, some interesting results. I think a lot of the groups are kind of sewn up now at this stage and there's probably few to be sort of going into the final round of group games now coming up this week. But uh, Yeah, so I have I have uh, the Tawdry Cup here in front of me, the results. Um, so, and I have our predictions as well from uh, last week. Hey, just to let our listeners know if anybody cares, um, from Wednesday the 7th of July, the Cup results... Um, we, we went through the fixtures and results last week, but Davy had 19 out of 25 results right, and I had 17 out of 25 um, on the 7th, Wednesday the 7th of July. So then these fixtures are from last Wednesday, which was the 14th of July. So the Taunton Cup Group B, we're going to start with Group B, and uh, Boards Mill, 211, uh, Slane, Eight to eight. So both of us, I think, Davy Rispin had gone for uh, a Boardsmill win here. Mm-hmm. We had uh, the next one up was Drum Condrad and Clonard. Clonard they um, conceded that game to Drum Condrad. Uh, St Mary's beaten Kilmainham Wood by a solitary point, seventeen points to two ten. And um, both of us had St Mary's, and then St Paul's and Corton. Um, that was uh, conceded by St Paul's. And Corton got the results. So we've all four right there, Davy. Uh, we did pretty well. Then we go on to Group A, uh, St. Vincent's and Dunsany. What a scary result this is. Um, and this is sending out a marker for everybody in the junior championship. St. Vincent's 114, Dunsany 
three points. Kilbride won 13, St. Dalton 17 points. That was a one-point victory for St. Dalton's. I, I, sorry, just on St. Vincent's one, you had gone for St. Vincent's, I had gone for Dunsany. On Kilbride and St. Dalton's, I went for St. Dalton's, you went for Kilbride, I got that one right. Uh, next up is Minalti and Karen Ross. Both of us went for Karen Ross here, but it was Minalti who won 17 points to 2-8. And then the final one, Castletown, 114, St. Bridget's, 2-9, 17 points to 15. And both of us going for Castletown there, um, but you know, they were pushed to the pin in their collar with, that, with St. Bridget's. Last gasp goal from Castletown saved the day, almost with the last kick to, to beat St. Bridget's. A gal and St. Bridget's who were outstanding once again, um, probably the better side and deserve to win. Like, they're flying. Um, Minaldi finally kick-starting their season with a massive win over their local neighbours, Karen Ross, minus Frank O'Reilly, obviously, but even so, that's still a brilliant win. Ultons have enjoyed a bit of a, a rejuvenation, shall we say, in recent weeks. Kilbride, I would say, going the other way, I think that's possibly three defeats on the spin. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they'll be a little bit concerned about that. I was at the Vincent's game. I was at the Vincent's and Lundsani game Wednesday night. I, I was so impressed with them. Uh, I thought all over the pitch they were awesome, much fitter, stronger, just well-balanced to limit a team like Dunsany to three, three points, points is scary. Like This was a top-of-the-table clash. Yeah. You know, in Group A to decide ultimately probably who was going to top the group. And Vincent's from start to finish comprehensively outplayed their visitors. Um, and like, if you want to talk about last year's semi-final and it being rather fortuitous win for St. Vincent's, my God, they seem to be just... And that's minus Connor Harford. Now, granted, Dunsany were missing Owen Harkin, but they're both as influential yeah. as each other for their clubs. You know what I mean? Connor Harford was a centre-back for the 20s um, on Thursday night and... Owen Harkin was part of the Mead panel then against uh, against Dublin on Sunday. So those two have to come back in. But I just think St. Vincent's look awesome at the minute, Mickey. Is it, are they peaking too early? That's the thing. We'll know later in the year, but like that's an unbelievable marker to set down. Um, absolutely phenomenal. And you went for the St. Vincent's win. I went for Tonsini purely because of that semi-final last year saying Tonsini owes St. Vincent's one. And they have to go down here and lay down a marker themselves. But look, all credit to St. Vincent's at the end of the day. Um, Davy, we're going to move on now to the Carnaponia, and uh, there was only four games here um, from Group C. There, there was no Group A and Group B are finished, so there's just the games from Group C. So Longwood and Dundry, a big win there for Dundry. Both of us on that one. Uh, Trim, another big win over Bechtov again. Both of us on Trim. Uh, Moyland, Drumbarra, Drumbarra winning by four points, two nine to one eight. Um, and uh, both of us on Drumbarra. And then Oldcastle giving Kilmaine a tight uh, hiding there. Five goals and 13 to seven points. And again, we were both on Oldcastle. So we had all of the results right there in the Cornabonia. Any of them stick out for you, Davey? Um, Trim still just uh, yeah. racking Trim, up huge numbers. Trim flying, you know, and missing, missing three, four, possibly five county men. You know that, that to me, it's it's ominous for the rest. Um, I think I I I think they'll take stop. And if I was going to pick someone to stop them right this minute, I would say Oldcastle are the team. They're going really well. You know, put up a massive scoreline against a fairly depleted Kilmainham side. You know, all things considered. Yeah. Um, bit of trouble in Moila. Um, Skinner Enix and Barney O'Rourke. Um, I believe resigned in the week, which is not ideal. 
you know, a championship just around the corner. And they've been doing well, but I think commitment has been a massive issue for them. I think something like 16 has been the maximum they've had at any one training session. They were four points up at halftime. I don't know who was managing them. But they were four points up at halftime against Drabara. Drabara then had a man set off to start of the second half. And in fairness, it galvanised them and they produced a brilliant second half performance to turn a four-point deficit at the break into a four-point win uh, by full-time with 14 men. So an intriguing battle there in, in Mile on Wednesday night. But, uh, and, and Dundry picking up uh, you know, an expected win over Longwood who are really struggling at the moment. Again, they, they have to get a number of bodies back. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the intermediate uh, cup competition or the intermediate in general, I suppose, never fails to deliver. Yeah, that is for sure, and uh, yeah, it's 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 all hotting up, and you know they would be two of the front runners, Old Castle and uh, and Trim, definitely. So it'll be interesting to see um, how, how the next few weeks go with the with, with the conclusion of these cup competitions. And um, Davy, uh, moving on to the Fresh Cup, and we're going to start with Group A: O'Matneys and Gail Colum Kill. Gail Colum Kill winning this uh, fourteen points to seven in Paddy O'Brien Park. Both of us. Had Gail Colum kill to win that one. Uh, Curaha conceding to Summerhill. Uh, very disappointing that one, but both of us had gone for a Summerhill win, so we get the points. Um, Minalvi won four, St. Peter's Dunboyne 14 points. And I suppose that's the first time that uh, that a team has uh, well curtailed St. Peter's Dunboyne to an extent. No goals and only 14 points for St. Peter's Dunboyne, but Minalvi obviously played with every man behind the ball because they weren't able to get the scores on the board themselves, only kicking five scores, one goal and four. But uh, yeah, trying to, I'd say they were just trying to contain St. Peter's Dunboyne. Then the final one in there, Dunshockland 2-9, Dunamore Ashburn 1-6, and both of us had gone for Dunshockland. I know that when we were talking about this last week, this this fixture, that um, you um, you were asking me, who did I think? And I said, do you know what? I'm going to go for Dunchockland. They've, they've been so close the last few weeks and you thought I was going to go for Dunmore Ashburn, but that's a really good win for uh, Dunchockland over their neighbours, Ashburn. Yeah, and they had the minors. You know, uh, the likes yeah. of Rory Kinsella played his first ever Adelaide game and uh, I believe made a big impression. So they'll be fine. You know, Dunchockland are going to be fine. They're going to get the likes of an inform Matt Costello back in now as well. They have a few other guys to, to join up to. They'll be a dangerous proposition in the championship. I think they could be a real dark horse. Um, to be honest, I just one to watch. Um, I suppose Dumboyne, we've been singing their praises for weeks on end about you know their strength and depth that they have most of the players. The scary thing is, I think they're contending with a lot of lads who are unavailable and injured at the moment, and I don't think they're playing anywhere close to their full hand, which probably is even more testament to them. Um, Gail Conkill beating Navanomahanis 14-7 wasn't a classic but Gail Conkill just doing what they do Navanomahanis are, are in a bit of a rut at the moment to be honest with you Mick and the Curaha walkover like I, I don't you know me and, and you're the same I don't like walkovers at any yeah. level but I don't like to see senior teams giving walkovers I don't think that's that's a good look at all I know they're really struggling and I know Summerhill are going well but but even so um I don't know the ins and outs of it, so I won't speculate, but but disappointed to see that. Yeah, really is. Um, and before we go on to the Fresh Cup uh, Group B results, just to just to update what the score is at the moment. So both of us had six out of eight in the Tolgin Cup results. Both of us had four out of four in the Cornabonia. Both of us in Group A of the Fresh Cup have four out of four results. We were only two results wrong so far in, 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 in all of the... the um, the results that we've read out. So we'll continue on now to the final 
uh, group of uh, fixtures, and it's from the Fesh Coop, Fesh Cup Group B. So, uh, World Tones against Rotot. This is a home game for World Tones. 312 to Rotot's 110. Davy, you went for Rotot, I went for World Tones. I continue my run. Um, we'll go through the results and we'll come back to them. Uh, Balnebracki, one goal and 12. St. Colum kills 14 points, and the Bracks get their first win at senior level. Absolutely fantastic there um, by the Bracks, winning that one by a solitary point. Uh, I went for Balnebracki on home soil. You went for uh, St. Colum kills. So I'm continuing this run, and you're just making mistakes here, left, right, and centre. Centralstown, one goal and 11. Screen, two goals and 13. Davy Rusman, you went for Centralstown. I went for Screen. Um, a screen that just seemed to be in form and interesting that you just don't know what you're going to get from them um, a great win there for screen away um, in that local derby as well and then the final result of them all was the Simonstown against Nafina. Simonstown 5 goals and 17 Nafina 1 goal and 5 and both of us on the Simonstown victory there um, to, to conclude the Fesh Cup results uh, which one stands out for you more Balnebracki or Wolf Tones? <laughs> um, I oh I don't know. They're two great wins now. The Balnebracki one, I have to say, Ben Brennan was sent off after 15 minutes in that game, so that was obviously a huge loss to the Kills. But fair play. Excuses for your prediction. No, I'm not making excuses <laughs> for the Cobb Kills, but uh, that's why I'm going to say, or sorry, Wolf Tones win is probably a little bit more uh, impressive. Three twelve against County Champions, good score to be putting up, and we're told probably just missing. The, the Mead footballers now at this stage you know yeah. so they're still you'd imagine strong enough the screen one is one that sticks out I think screen are managerless at the minute as well um, something similar going on to what is happening in Myla and this is crazy because uh, you know full credit to them for coming out and, and producing a performance and getting a result like that against as you say a very inconsistent sense inside but screen at the best of times are that too um, exactly yeah now, they did have Dara Campion playing. He obviously wasn't part of the 26 for Mead on Sunday, so he was a big player for screen to obviously have in that. Centrestown would have been without the likes of Kyle Hickey and that. So, you know, there's a few different subplots going on, but all things considered, there's there's some definitely... Um, and you haven't even mentioned Simonstown and 5.17 that just put up, Mickey. You're just you're just mad to keep it all under the radar. <laughs> you're absolutely... You're difficult. <laughs> I know what you're on about. <laughs> I don't know what you're all about. The lads travelled to Enfield and got the better of Nafina. Uh, Nafina won five, Simon Simpson's in the You broke up there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, look, delighted. Like an absolutely brilliant result. And again, another team that are firing at all cylinders at the moment. Only missing Breen Conlon and, um, um, and Connor Nash. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Con- Connor wasn't able to play for um, the Hawthorns on the weekend because he had been in close contact. He was, I was talking to him, and the poor lad, he was, he, he's just finding a bit of form again with the, with the Aussie rules, and and, and the next thing is, um, COVID, he's a close contact, so he had to go into uh, um, isolation for a few days. So, um, yeah, had to be taken out of the match day squad, but uh, yeah, Davy, um, like. That that group group B is 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 very interesting now because obviously Simonson's game with Bracky didn't go ahead a couple of weeks ago and I don't know why that is. I've been trying to do a bit of fishing, but apparently from what I've heard is that Simonson might be getting the points from that game. Um, but what the way that leaves it is 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 very interesting. Is that the um, Simonson are playing Wolf Tones 
next week in the in in, in the first cup. We'll be coming to those fixtures now in a minute. But they're both joint top on ten points. Um, and I think Simonson have a plus uh, ten score difference on Wolf Tones. So if Wolf Tones were to beat Simonson, and Simonson were to get the walk over from from uh, or to get the results from 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 Bracky, how how it'll, it'll come down to a head to head because they couldn't go with score difference then. Well, two of them go through though. Ah, okay, to decide okay. who finishes top, obviously. Top, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like two do go through from this, obviously. So into the semi-finals, but yeah, fascinating. That's a big local derby as well, and I mean, I can understand why Balnebracky wouldn't probably play it because they're, you know, the doesn't mean anything for them. Although it'll be a great test for them going into championship, but teams will probably be saying, "Well, Jesus, Balnebracky, we want you to play it," you know. To put it up to Simonstown, who knows? But uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. There's another game then in the intermediate. It's the same. Do you remember Dundry and Oldcastle from last yeah. week? There's a potential that that game might still have to be played too because there's permutations with Dundry, I think, pushing to try and get second spot from Oldcastle. So that could yet be played too. That could yet be played as well. So, Davy, what we'll do is we'll move on now and we'll do uh, the fixtures for the upcoming uh, week. Um, we have Torchin, Cornabonia and Fesh Cup. So we'll probably start with the Torchin Cup, will we? We will. So first up uh, in Group B on Wednesday night, it's a meeting of Clonard and St. Paul's. I'd be surprised if that one goes ahead, but we shall see. Yeah, um, this one will be who's going to leave it the longest to concede. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I'm going to go for a Clonard win if that game goes ahead, Davy. Yeah, I'd be I'd just be very surprised if St Paul's did travel, but Clonard will win if it does go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the next one, Davy. Yeah, the next one is St Mary's and Drumcona. This is a fascinating game now. St Mary's, <laughs> they're the cup specialists, right? The, the two big scalps, and I would include ourselves in that. I've beaten Kilmainham Wood last week, a massive scalp, but they're playing in the Premier Championship and they're after getting two heavy beatings and uh, this has kind of proven my point Mickey I was so annoyed to see them being regraded into the Premier because I think they're, an, they're a decent junior A side um, so they're not having much joy in the pre- in the championship but they're flying in the cups you know so this look at I I stick my colours out now Drew Conrad the complete opposite they're two wins from two in the Premier but they're struggling somewhat in the cup because I suppose it doesn't matter so much for them I think St Mary's will win home advantage they're quite a good side in the North yeah, I've gone for a St. Mary's win here as well. So, Davey, uh, next next one up? It's Kilmain and Wood against Slane in Kilmain and Wood on Wednesday evening, Mick. Yeah, I'm going to go for a Kilmain and Wood win here, Davey. Or, sorry, a Slane win. So am I, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think Slane, in fairness to them, put up a great account of themselves against Boards Mill last week. It was only their second defeat of the campaign. You know, one of the start against ourselves and then that one against High Flying Boards Mill. Uh, Kilmain and Wood will be reeling from that defeat against St. Mary's and Possibly, uh, you know, Slane will want to inflict more punishment on them here. They will, and uh, I can imagine, I can imagine that will be a tasty game. All right, uh, Davy, we're going to move on now to the next one, and uh, I don't think I'll be getting a prediction off you for this one. But yeah, it's it's Carton against Boards Mill. I suppose meaningless game in many senses. Boards Mill are assured of their place at the top of the table, so they are going into a semi final for ourselves. Look, it's a great game for us to get before championship. This will be our last competitive out and now before the first round of the championship. So we'll be looking to, to get something out of it, hopefully. Yeah, I'm going to go for a boards mill win there, Davey. <laughs> it's all right. I'll remember that. 
<laughs> yeah, you remember that when you're doing your rankings and Simon's doing our third or fourth in the rankings. But... <laughs> Moving um, on. It, it, into Group A, um, we're, it's still, I think, all to play for at the top. Well, definitely for the second position for that semi-final spot and I suppose two of the clubs in it. Well, definitely one of them is Dunsany. They travelled to Carna Ross um, for an, an enticing looking game. Both sides haven't uh, had the best of times in recent weeks. So this will be a fascinating encounter. Yeah, I, I think that Dunsany have to come out fighting here after that uh, Rubbing to St. Vincent's. So I'd say there could be a kick out of uh, Dunsany here. Obviously, Karen Ross were beaten as well um, by a solitary point by Minalti um, uh, uh, in, in the cup last week. So I'm going to go for Dunsany when I'd say you're probably going to go for Karen Ross, aren't you? No, I'm going to stick Dunsany as well. I don't think oh. all is well in Karen Ross and um, Franco still not around and stuff. He makes some difference and you're right, I think there has to be something from them saying they're not as bad as they showed last week. Yeah. Um, moving on then, Davey? So the um, next game in Group A takes place in Balnacree between St. Bridget's and St. Vincent's, two of the, what you could say, standout performers in, in Group A so far this year. Granted, yeah. Vincent's have won all their games, but Bridget's, I feared for them in this group. I won't lie to you, the start. They've just given an incredible account of themselves. Yeah, and uh, look, I have a feeling you're going to be going for St. Vincent's. Uh, me, me head is saying St. Vincent's, but me heart is saying I can't back against St. Bridget's because they've been they've been great for me. So do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go for a draw here. Come on, Mickey. I'm going to go for the draw. Davey. Interesting. Um, I'm going to have Vincent's. Yeah, look, at, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. Um, I just think Vincent's will want to keep up their 100% record. And uh, but by chances, it'll be it'll be a tough one for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to stay with the draw. I'm going to I'm going to. Yeah. So Bridges have been awesome. And I, I just don't want to back against them at this stage. David, we'll move on. Last game in Talton Cup takes place between Minolte and Kilbride. Both sides out of contention. Um, sorry, I missed one. Uh, of course, the, the neighbours. Uh, St. Dalton's <laughs> hosting Castletown, of course. Colm Coyle, a former player and manager of St. Dalton's, travelling to his former team uh, with his new uh, Castletown side, who are stuttering. They're, they're, they're going okay, but they're not setting the world alight, I think it's fair to say, Mickey. Yeah, and I think this is, this is an opportunity for them Okay, so Dalton's going well the last few weeks, but I still think that this is an opportunity for Castletown. I backed St. Dalton's uh, last week and I think the week before and, and they got victories for me. But I just feel that this is probably just a step too far. Good test for St. Dalton's to see where they are, though. But I just give Castletown this four or five points. Davey? Yeah, I agree with you. Killian Price should return from the under-20 panel as well. He'll give them a bit of um, bit of something different in the half-back line. I'd expect a win for Castletown, yeah. Okay, next up, Davey, final this, game. This definitely is the final game, and it is that game between Minolte and Kilbride. Playing for pride, essentially, but going into championship, I think this is a great game for both. Yeah, um, Minolte with the win last week, uh, Kilbride losing out to St. Alton's. Uh, I'm going to go for a Minolte win here. Likewise, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think form is everything, and you look at it, Kilbride right narrowly beaten in that, but they're just not 
the same team that they probably were in the early part of the competition. And Minolte will get a huge, um, huge boost of confidence from that win over their neighbours, Karen Ross, last week. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's that's what we're where we are. Then uh, there's a couple of discrepancies on it that I can see. You've gone for Courtown, obviously. I've gone for Boards Mill. I've gone for a draw with St. Bridget's and St. Vincent's. And incidentally, just on our results from last week, from the 14th, the totals were you had 15 out of 20 right daily, but I had a very impressive 18 out of 20 results right. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I should have just given up at that stage. You know, I shouldn't have done the results this week, <laughs> so I shouldn't. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give them another go. Um, that'll be a nice little accumulator. So what if, if, uh, if you had a cash out option? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, when, when the club championship rolls around, we'll be able to get, uh, get a few nice ones rolling. Um, I suppose moving on to the corner bone, you know, Mickey, there's only one group still left to be settled in this, and that's Group C. First game up is in Bective on Wednesday night when they play host to Oldcastle. Yeah, well, like, I suppose Bective after coming off the, the, the hiding that they took from Trim, like they put up a good score against Trim, but mm. Trim ultimately just outshot, the, outshot them on the evening. Um, Jekyll and Hyde have, look I'm going to go with an Oldcastle win here but I wouldn't be surprised if Bective just had a sting in their tail this week there's no problem scoring but there's also no problem conceding with Bective you know they they're entertaining to watch <laughs> there's no <laughs> doubt about it you, you get, get your, your money's, money's worth, worth absolutely <laughs> but Oldcastle I think are, are are a different animal now this year by the looks of it uh, under the new new guidance of the lads and uh, I think they'll just crack on. They need a win obviously as well to to rubber stamp their place in the semi-finals. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll move on to the next one then, Davy. It's Myla. Um, I'm not sure is it manager is Myla or is their manager back in place <laughs> or in place or something but they, they will feel and they'll give they'll give their best against Trim, uh, High Flying Trim who have just been sensational so far this year. Yeah, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for uh, I'm gonna go for trim win. Sorry, uh, I don't know why that was taking me so long. <laughs> yeah, me too. Trim, trim to win. Yeah, cool. Um, so both of us on trim. Next up, Davy is Trumbara Emmett, who have got back to back wins for the first time this year. They play host to Dundry. Yeah, um, Dundry who beat Longwood last week, double scores. I think it was. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for a Dundry win here, Davy Rispin. Um, but I, I, I think Drumbara are just starting to cruise along there nicely, and this could be a, a real test for Dundry. I think it will be, and I'm going to stick my neck out and go for Drumbara here, Mickey. Uh-oh. I think Dundry have a few injuries to contend with. Drumbara should get a couple of the under twenties back. Harry O'Higgins and Jimmy Corcoran may feature. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity for them to make a three in the spin. Okay, okay, fair play. That's a that's a nice one there. And then finally, David, the last one up is Kilmainham and Longwood, both of whom should get significant numbers back in, and they'll be delighted because they've been really struggling. So, opportunity for someone. I'm going to say I'm going to say Longwood will probably have more lads coming back yeah, into their ranks than Kilmainham. Um, we're not sure about Mickey Newman as well. Like I know he didn't feature for me, but he was tugged out. So it'd be interesting to see does he play. But I think Longwood and Longwood need a win by the way. Like you know, they just need to get something going now. So Davy's going for a Longwood win. I'm actually going to go for a, a Kilmainham win. I'm going to put my head on the line and say that they'll have both of the players back 
the under 20s and from the mid senior team. Um, and they'll make a huge difference to to uh, Kilmainham. Um, cool, that's the corner bone you done then, Davey. Um, moving on. Moving on to the Fesh Cup and starting in Group B, it is St. Column Kills um, who welcome Nafina to Piltown. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I, do, do you know, form is everything and I'm going to say that St. Column Kills will get the victory here. Uh, I know they lost as well um, to Balnebracki, but Nafina coming off the back of a hammered Simonstown. Column Kills came within a point and had a man sent off, as you said, against um, Balnebracki. So I'm going to give I'm going to give St. Colin Kills the nod here. Yeah, I will as well. Um, will I? Uh, yeah, maybe just. But Nafina should have a few guys back as well. That'll be really yeah. competitive, that. Um, next one up is a very interesting one as well, between Centralstown and Ballinabracky. Yeah, um, and this is in Centralstown. So, um, um Centralstown will have a couple of lads back. Uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say that Centralstown will just have a little bit too much firepower for Ballinabracky here. Yeah, I, I will as well. Uh, just call Lakey back and that yeah. should make a big difference to their cause. And yeah. they're going okay as, as it is anyway, you know, so, yeah. Ballinabracky going well and, 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 and very close in games. Got the victory by the point and lost a couple of games by a point or two mm. as well. So, um. It, it'll be it'll be a test for Centralstown and it'll be a, a, a quite a tight game, I would say. I think we'll know a lot more about teams this time yeah, next week. This week. When everyone's back and this is probably the first time teams are maybe going to have what will be close to a full complement of players. So we shall see. Um, speaking of which, senior champions are told, uh, you'd imagine we'll have a full complement back when they travel to screen uh, on Wednesday night. Yeah, I look... Um, Screen, obviously, Campo didn't feature for me this week and, and, and Campo played for Screen last week. Um, but I, I, I just feel that we're told with... Now, look, who's to say that all those players will play on Wednesday night? Um, but they will be strengthened. Uh, I'm going to go for a told win. Yeah, likewise, Mick. Okay. Um, next one is that massive local derby in Simonstown on Wednesday night when the Wolf Tones come to town. What a game this is in prospect. Yeah, um, long well, look, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm going for Simonstown here, um, but this will be a Mount Water and Try. I know that Wolf Tones love getting Simonstown in Kilberry, they mm. don't really like going to the big open spaces of uh, of Simonstown's uh, football field. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to say that Simonstown will win this one. I will as well, yeah. I think you are, are going well, Mickey, and you are doing a good job of playing it down as well. Ah, look, come here. There's, there's way bigger teams out there than us and whatever, so um, and, and, and that are going way better than Simon soon. So, look, uh, we're just we're just a small club, rural club, just trying to get by. So, leave us alone. Um, Davy, we'll move on. <laughs> Next, get, into, get into Group A quick. Get into Group A. <laughs> we're in it. Curaha uh, and uh, Dunchoklin. Yeah, look, I'm going for a I'm going for a Dunchoklin win here, Davy. If this game goes ahead. Yeah, well, geez, I, I think Corahan need to, like, they need to, because they're, you know, they're, at the end of the day, they have, they have a decent group in the championship, which they'll probably be eyeing up, but they need to start producing something. But I don't think it'll come Wednesday night. I agree. I think Dunchoklin are starting to get momentum going, Mickey. Yeah, they really are. And they're starting to get players back as well that are going to be huge for them. And um, yeah, both of us going for Dunchoklin win here. Next game, Davy. 
I love this local derby. Yeah. Manalvi and Summerhill, it's class, right? They're, they're the best of friends off the pitch, but on it, you know, there's there's always blood and thunder in this one. This this could be anything now. This is always entertaining. Yeah, they're like they're, they're, this is going to be a goal fest. Um, mm. You know, usually is a goal fest. Um, oh, this is a tight one to call. Um, well, I'm going to go for a Summerhill victory here. So I am. Um, yeah. Yeah, I will as well. But it yeah. genuinely could go either way. I I honestly God, I think Benalvi will get a huge shot in the arm now from the lads coming back in. And they've yeah. done really, really well in fairness to them. I think they have three wins did this so far in the campaign. They were the team that have got closest to them buying last week is depleted as they were as yeah. well. So um be interesting to see how this one goes. Yeah, this will be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really well. Uh, look, looking forward to the result of that one. Um, no discrepancies so far in the Fesh Cup between the two of us. We're moving on to this one now. Dunboyne against Gail Column Kill. Um, you know, there was, uh, I believe that there was a little bit of uh, argy, well, not a, there was a little <laughs> bit of banter, let's just say, in uh, Crow Park between some of the Dunboyne players and the, and the, and the Gail Column Kill players, the Kells players, um, on Sunday. So just adding, to the whole spectacle that is going to be this Fesh Cup game in in uh, being played in in Dunboyne. Yeah, first I heard about any sort of uh, argy bargy in the stands, Mickey. But uh, take your word for it. <laughs> but they, they they didn't need any argy bargy. They they're not the best of friends. They're going to be two of the key protagonists in this year's championship. They're two who are going extremely well. Gail Conkill need a win. I think they need to win by. Could be five points maybe as well. You know, maybe not just a win. Um, oh, God. I'm going uh, for a Dunboyne win, Davey, because like Kells, have, Kells got, are stuttering the last couple of weeks. Um, mm. And that's, you know, we haven't seen that from them before. Um, Dunboyne haven't, haven't flinched at all. A little bit of a flinch against... Um, against uh, Minalvi last week but it was still like 14 points to 1-5 like it was still a 6-point win so I'm going to go with a Dunboyne win I just think they'll they'll be bringing more onto their panel as well from the Mead team They will yeah and I know they're not near full strength yet but yeah I would agree um, that I think Dunboyne I'd just love to be going to this game I've said this to you all night but uh, this this is if, if anyone's at a loose end and, and wants to go to a game on, on Wednesday night, go to this one, go to St. Peter's the Bayern and Gail Con Kill because it'll it'll be worth it. <laughs> that is for sure. So uh, that's Wednesday night. It's in Dunboyne, as we said, and at 745. So if you are free, get down to that one. Last game of the Fresh Cup, Davy. Last game is between Dunmore Ashburn and Navan O'Mahony's two sides, who I think it's fair to say aren't exactly setting the world alight just now. Yeah, this is a tough one to call. Um, this is a really tough one to call. Navin O'Matney seems to have the Indian sign over Dunamore Ashburn in recent years. Um, do they have enough to beat Dunamore? Do you know, on, on a home soil, I'm going to give it to Dunamore Ashburn. Yeah, I don't think this would be a classic. Um, I was telling people to not go to a game in the Fesh Cup, it would probably be this one <laughs> on Wednesday night. But <laughs> uh, I've got to turn into him and Dunphy now if I keep going the way I'm going, Mickey. But uh, no, look at I think Dunham Ashburn should win. Navin O'Mahony, I don't know what's going on there. Um, yeah, so Dunham Ashburn. 
you're going for Dunham or Ashburn as well. Cool. Well, that is uh, that, that that is our predictions done and the fixtures done for uh, this week coming. So um, hopefully, I will be getting another A from the teacher um, with my eighteen out of twenty. That's just phenomenal, Davey. And, and, and you are you, you've been speechless about it, like so you have. But that's it. We have all our results in. Yeah, Davey, this week there isn't too many discrepancies between us. No discrepancies in the Fresh Cup at all. Um, we are both going for the same uh, in all of those. Um, in the Cornabonia, we have two differences. You've gone for Longwood, I've gone for Kilmainham. You've gone for Drumbarra, I've gone for Dundry. And then in the Torching Cup, there's only two two differences. You've gone for Corte and I've gone for Boards Mill. And uh, you went for St. Vincent's. I probably should be going for St. Vincent's as well over St. Bridget's. But I want St. Bridget's to... Uh, uh, to continue their run. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, week of cup uh, games. Um, yeah, Davey, it'll be interesting to see as well what happens with that Simonson Balnebracki game. Um, if it gets played or not. Um, I think I think we'll know, uh, depending on the results, we should know after Wednesday night if it needs to be played, I suppose, first and foremost. Yeah. 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 Well, look. That is our fixtures and results done. We're going to move on now, Davy, to the club lottos. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Club Lottos. So, first up, um, they must have been enjoying the sun, the PROs, this week because the not been in their usual droves. Now, it has been a busy week in in, in the football and hurling front, so we'll give them the benefit of the doubt for one week only. Dunshockle and Royal Gale, so never one to miss out and uh, never one to give away a jackpot either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 13,000 of a jackpot wasn't won. Reserve increases to 12,200 next week. Numbers drawn 3, 9, 17 and 28. Eight match three winners all collecting 25 euro each and you can play it on Club Force. Dunsany, um, 6,600 jackpot, not one, but Orla Brady, who matched three winners, uh, sorry, matched three winner, gets 150 euro for her trouble. She got three of 11, 22, 24, and 25. One away. Um, uh, Andy Smith, just wondering if there's anyone knows the secret to picking four numbers uh, he'd love to know. And uh, Kieran Alwell in Minolte says, ask D. Rispin, his club could ask three different people alone. <laughs> I was just going to say, you knew you were giving out that they don't like away, giving away their um, their jackpot there a couple of moments ago. I was going to say, well, look, not everybody's as generous as Cor- Corton. Um, Absolutely. But... <laughs> and another generous club, in fairness to them, are Ballon Lock and uh, Susan Farrell. Uh, their jackpot of three and a half thousand wasn't won. The letters drawn were A, O, S and X. No jackpot winner. Next draw takes place on the 26th of July. James Tunney match three and was the winner of 100 euro. Um, Menalvi, 
10,000 euro for Jackpot, which it's currently capped at. The reserve increases to 6,100 next week. Draw takes place on Monday night. You can play it on manalvi.gfc.ie or on the Club Force app. Blackhall Gales, 6,600 takes place Monday, 26th of July is their next one, so not till Monday week. Um, I have uh, one from my own car town, Mickey, as well. Sorry, I'll just briefly go over it as well. Um, we had no jackpot winner of our 5,400 euro jackpot. We had five 20 euro winners. We had a trolley dash finalist. We had a retro jersey winner as well. It all rolls on to 5,500 next week. Um, and I have one which isn't a lot of requests, but Stephen, um, Stephen in... Kildalki has asked me to give this a bit of a plug. Stephen Smith has asked me to give their fundraiser a bit of a plug. It's a walkathon taking place on the 23rd slash uh, 24th of July. Um, 24-hour walkathon on next weekend. Share, we really appreciate it. Use the tag Kildalki Walk 21. That's his hashtag Kildalki Walk 21. If you'd like to support and donate, you can go to their GoFundMe page. You'll find that on all of their social media channels as well. So best of luck to the Kildalki Club next weekend in that walkathon. And I assume you have Simon Stone, Mickey. Uh, there in front of me, Davey. Um, the jackpot was 6,250, no winner. And the lucky dips were Lily Maguire, Claire Coyne, and Dan Keane. Claire Coyne, that's probably somebody from out your way. Um, and the, Steve McGowan's. Ah, uh, I see. So the, the jackpot next week will be 6,300. You can do it on uh, Club's app or go to any of their social media pages and you'll find the link there. And then finally, we have the Centre Stone Lotto. It's still at a mass of 10,000 um, and you can play that on Smart Lotto or go to any of their social media pages and you can uh, get the link there as well. I think that's uh, all of the lottos then, Davy. Shane, Mickey. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn Placing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Okay, let's move on then, Davy, and it is our usual segment, the Instagram Interactive. Yeah, so there's been an absolutely uh, colossal amount of Instagram Interactive which has come in this evening. Um, we'll try our best to get through as much of it as we possibly can. There is some repetition in there, so we'll try and read out those where possible. Um, first one in was from Sean McDonagh, and he says, very creditable and respectable result brought some pride to the jersey. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know that's that's all we ever want is that they give it a go and that they don't give up and you know that they, they show the intensity that they showed in that second half today and, and keeping to Dublin, keeping Dublin to two scores for thirty minutes and five scores for the whole second half was was really commendable. Absolutely brilliant, right in the jersey. Ben Holden next up and he said Michael Tiernan's five-hour train journey to Croker and I actually met Mick after the game uh, gave him a little fist pump and he was in fine voice walking outside the stadium uh, looked a picture of health and uh, was flying so fair play to him for making that long journey to yeah, see the Royals well, in fairness like 
was was the train going backwards? Like, where is five hours from from Dublin on a train? You wouldn't drive five hours in the, in, in Ireland, see so one. Maybe he was interrailing. He might have came from France <laughs> or someplace. You wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> but he's not boy man, so maybe I don't know. I have no idea. Um, anyway. Moving on to Evan Drum. He's a few, so I'll try and read these all out together. Just try and take mental notes if you can, Mickey, if there's anything that stands out. Yeah. He said, Costello's goal was a huge turning point, one for the future. Followed that up by saying, Mead, 2022, Leinster champions pending. He says, Dublin aren't the same anymore. Kerry for Sam. And he says, Wallace Brothers, man of the matches. Yeah, so pulling all that, Costello's goal, absolutely brilliant, is... Um, his dummy to come back onto his right foot and him left foot uh, left footed um, uh, was absolutely brilliant um, 2022 Leinster why not absolutely Kerry yep. um, for the All-Ireland yeah I've kind of been like playing with that idea all this year um, I, I actually think that the way Monaghan are playing at the minute that they could rattle the dubs, the dubs as well um, you know because because they have a few really really big tough men in that team as well and then finally what was his last one um, His last so, one was the Wallace brothers, man in the match. Yeah, look, the Wallace brothers were excellent. Were superb, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, and you know, all credit to them and the club and, and everybody. They, they they played their little hearts out. You know, absolutely mm. fantastic. Uh, a few in from Andy Smith as well. So again, I'll read them out in a block. Uh, he said, "Lads, gave it absolutely everything. Thought we should have had a penalty. Would it have made a difference?" He says, great second half, just couldn't bridge that three-point gap. Six points in the end doesn't reflect the game. All Ireland wide open now. And just linked to that, Dennis Lynch just said, penalty not given in the first half. So we just throw that in under Andy's zone as well. Yeah, well, like they, they, they did. They, 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 they threw everything at it in the second half. Um, I thought, you know, we discussed the first half and I thought that they, they, they held their own in the first half, just didn't get the rub of the green. And um, Penno, it's a huge swing. Um you know, it's a six-point swing. We we, we we score the penalty. They don't get their penalty because the whole you know, everything that happens in the in the next few moments changes. Um, whereas they won a free from that penalty opportunity, which I, I, I thought was crazy. They would only get a point and then get a penalty straight away. So yeah, massive turning point. I do I do think that if Meek got that penalty, um, that you're looking at the teams probably being level at halftime, or maybe two points between the teams. I think that. Once Dublin got the penal, um, it just gave them that cushion to push on. Um, second half was outstanding. I said it as well earlier on in the podcast. Just that three points, we left it too late. And because we left ourselves an 11-point gap to try and claw back at half time, the penalty is the difference between the teams at that stage. You know what I mean? For sure, yeah. Um, Lyncho does go along with that too he says game lost in the first half we'll get them soon though yeah yeah absolutely and and I don't as I said I do think that if you look back on that first half we, we weren't terribly bad and we, and we created a lot of chances it's just the penalty against us that we didn't get and then the penalty that was given against us for Dublin were, were, were huge turning points in that first half Eddie Kirby uh, said that second half performance was great for the young lads in the stands to see. Gave it all. Yeah, 100%. You know, that's what you want your young footballers to uh, coming through the ranks. But that's how you perform. We perform like that for, for 70 minutes, not for, 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 for 35. 
Carl Gibney said pride in the jersey in the second half was unbelievable. Jack Blake bringing the Green Brigade to Croker. Come on, you boys in green. He was sensational in the stand. He was just below me with Sean Riley and Joe Blake. The, the Innie Gales, the Bridgets and Myla contingent gathering together. And they were the real instigators of the shenanigans that were going on in the stand. They were in fine voice throughout, Mickey. Yeah, Joe Blake has been lighting up Bal McCree in recent weeks uh, with, his, uh, with his stardom um, on the field. And then his brother Jack star in the making as well not brother uh, Cousins most, yeah yeah I don't think they're brothers though um, uh, Jack uh, his namesake anyway for this mm. uh, you know lighting up Crow Park with his singing talents um, but absolutely brilliant to hear um, uh, come on you boys in green echoing throughout uh, Crow Park just brilliant you know how long is it since we heard that? Oh, even, I, I, like even the last two Leicester finals you wouldn't have heard that no I would I would have said 2010 that was yeah. the last time we probably heard it in Crow Park, to be honest with you. Um, there's a few in about this, so I'll, I'll try and read these all out together. But fitness coaching, um, Fionn Riley being taken off was an absolute disgrace. Um, there was one more on that. Dave, you'll never walk alone, said Fionn Riley should have been given more game time. Um, and there was one more on that as well. Why was Riley taken off so early? So those were the three on that point. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to see the game fully. I was I was driving, so well, I wasn't driving. I was being driven, and I was listening to the game. And um, Davy, like on, on the radio, you just hear the, the, the substitution being made. Then I obviously got to see the highlights there this evening, but you, you don't get to see if Fionn Riley like did anything wrong, or you know, or, or was his man getting the better of him? Or... No, like look, it 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 probably had to be someone. And I would say for Fionn's sake, he was probably just unlucky. It was him that was selected to come off and Jonesy obviously came on in place of him. I would have said that nearly anybody could have been taken off with the exception of the Wallaces in the first 15 minutes, to be honest with you, Mickey. And Fionn was just unlucky. But to be fair, he's been he's been brilliant for us, you know, in his first year with Mead. He's, he's got a massive future ahead in the green and gold. So I wouldn't worry about that. He'll be back. Yeah. Um, Next one up is from Ronan Thompson. He said, penalty decisions, a joke. After that, we let them get away as away too far, made it hard for ourselves. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. You know, the two penalty decisions were, like, like, like how, how Fenton is not punished for coming into the back of, um, was it Jordy Morris that was running through in goal? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And then, how, how, how that's not given as a penalty. And then, like, Fenton wins a penalty up the other end and, mm. and the slightest of tackles. And then that, the, 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 then they get that goal through Conor Callaghan, which is a great goal. But it, 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 we just left ourselves too much to do in that second half. I thought we were much closer to them than 11 points uh, in that first half as well. Yeah, very much so. Um, next one is just nearly from JP Purcell. Uh, and then Darry Hutchinson followed that up by saying second half, Savage. Um and Robert Perfield weighed in then by saying 10 minutes after the first water break cost us great battle in second half and great support in the stands too. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Like it's, it's nailed ahead 10 minutes after that water break. And, and the crowd were brilliant and the supporters uh, coming out uh, on social media and praising the lads as well. I think it's been absolutely brilliant. And it's exactly what the type of tonic that Mead football needs at the minute. Yeah, Brian Flynn said we finally clicked and played as a unit in the second half. Yeah, yeah, and, and still had loads of chances in that second half. We still uh, a few chances got away, but like the endeavour and the tackling and the 
everything in that second half was, was just so, so good. Joe McQueenie, who was enjoying a few Malibus and milks uh, prior to the game today. I, probably the right day for it, to be fair. Uh, oh, how hot it was. Milk, milk on a day like that. Oh, come on, man. There, these these Dunboyne lads are made of stern stuff, Mickey. And uh, have, have, have you not seen have you not seen uh, Anchorman? Milk. No. It was a bad choice. <laughs> it will be in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just said that second half was a team that believed in our manager great fight Sean yeah look um, a lot of people coming out defending Andy McEntee, um this evening I've always been a fan and I did hear he was interviewed as well and they asked asked him about like what's his future and whatever and he says well, look um, that's not for today and whatever he says but I, I, I do know that there's more progression to be made with this group of lads so um, you know, and I think that that performance today, if he was even thinking about resigning, will will give him food for thought and might just, you know, he might just say, Do you know what, we go again, yeah, we go again. Amazing what, what 30 minutes of football or 35 minutes of football could do, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of love, and I'm going to read these all out to tomorrow, or sorry, now, uh, they'll probably go on to <laughs> tomorrow, and <laughs> we can talk about it, but Shane McAdee's hit in the second half on, on Cormac Coslow has just blown this Instagram interactive up altogether, but I'll, I'll read them out individually, and then we can chat about it. Um, Lorcan Hughes is first in, and he said, that McAdee hit was the peak of football. Um let me let me just find that there was a clatter of them here. Sorry, Mickey. And uh, I'll just try and read them all out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry. Oh, God. Uh, Paul Monley said, McAtee bringing Costello to Boomtown. Josh <laughs> Baldy said, McAtee's shoulder was the best shoulder ever in Crow Park. Joe McQueenie said, Shane McAtee embracing his inner Jerry McAtee putting Costello into next week. Um, <laughs> and Josh Bawley followed that up again by saying McAtee's shoulder was a peach. So plenty of love for Shane McAtee's fine shoulder. My radio went off. He hit Costello that hard. <laughs> Reverberating the, the after effects of that um, mini earthquake recorded on the Richter scale outside of Crow Park but it was some hit by Jesus and it was it really just lifted everybody again and gave us another push on um, unbelievable a captain's yeah. sort of um, moment shall yeah we say. absolutely absolutely I'm looking for videos of it oh, yeah, I'm sure one will surface no doubt um, Darren Brennan said Duggan should have got a start I know Duggan has been an ever present in the Manalvi team so far this year so I think that's what he's Trying to hold down a position for there, but uh, he'll have competition for places now with a certain Killian O'Sullivan returning next week. Yeah, Killian O'Sullivan has his, has his, has his uh, work cut out for him, I would say. I think Duggan is a dead cert there. Absolutely, yeah. What a workaholic. Um, <laughs> a holocaust. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, Irish man in Milan. What an Instagram name that is. Uh, can I just get this fella's real name? David C is all I've got, but that's a brilliant uh, username. He says, afraid in the first half, left us with too much to do. Uh, I wouldn't say afraid, but like, obviously... When you look at the way we performed in the second half, maybe we gave them a little bit too much respect in that first half. Um, but everybody does that with Dublin because they can hurt you. Um, and I do think that we were probably a little bit unfortunate in that first half. But look, the lads just threw caution to the wind in the second half. And 
yeah, you know, I, I listened to a couple of interviews with Andy McEntee and, you know, he was, he said that lads, you know, decided to take chances and to mark from the front and to go and try and win the ball out in front and stuff like that. And maybe that, that's the kind of fear that he's all about there in the first half, that they were afraid of making mistakes in the first half and in the second half, they were like, do you know what? It's worth the risk. Yeah, absolutely. Jack Walsh continuing in his uh, vein of Instagram Interactives week in, week out by saying, Bose getting to the next round of the Europa Conference. Yeah, yeah, well done to Bose on uh, making it through to the next round of the uh, UEFA Conference League whatever that what league is going to be in. Is that like the Europa League? or is No, it's, it's the one below that. There's, there, there is one below that. Is that, the, yeah. is that a new thing, yeah? Yeah, Arsenal thankfully didn't qualify for that last year. Oh, they didn't. Will they qualify for it this year? Oh, I hope not, but probably. Uh, no, Spurs are in it, so uh, great representation there from the English side. Um, moving on, Shane Riley says, gutsy performance, are we closing the gap? Yeah, I think we are closing the gap. I think it's I think it's twofold. I think that Dublin are not the team they were, and that we have been closing the gap a little bit, and that came to the front today. Um, and once we knew that we had Dublin a little bit rattled, the lads could sniff blood and, and really went for it. Do you know what I mean? Which which was absolutely brilliant. And I think it's going to do the, this team the world of good. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Colin McAreevy. Said some great games this weekend, and yeah, he was he was bang on. Jeez, we across across football and hurling, some smashing uh, smashing games all over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely incredible stuff, and and, and I suppose uh, Colin is a is a Monaghan man originally, mm. and, and and it'll be to to see the the performance that Monaghan put in, having heard the news from the Friday night where mm. the their their under twenties captain uh, Brendan Oak uh, Duffy. Um, I passed away on the way home from 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 winning an All Star uh, semi final. I just uh, yeah, it just just puts it all in perspective. Do you know what I mean? Like and uh, and then for Munnan to go out and put in that performance um, and to see them on the field after the game, a lot of them in tears and stuff um, was tough. It was tough, but I uh, like you know I do have to crack about Munnan and all that, um, but I am I am delighted for them. Um, yeah, like likewise, Mickey. That was. Uh, yeah, incredibly difficult week for them. Um, Susan Farrell next in, and she said, "Serious pride shown in the second half by every Mead man. Give us plenty to sing about in Crow Park." Yeah, plenty of pride shown by all the supporters during that second half as well. I think mm-hmm. it was absolutely. Again, I'm just going on about it, but like brilliant to see so many positive comments about this Mead team. Yeah. Um, next one in is from Sean Doyle, who just said Connor Lane. Yeah, Conor Lane, um, off back to Cork with you. Yeah, absolute. Uh, I won't even continue. Good, thanks. Yeah. Uh, we, I want to be here with you next week too. In the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not just ready to retire just yet, Mickey. Um, <laughs> Aideen Slattery, quite rightly, uh, singing the plaudits of the Mead under 16 Camogie team putting on a masterclass display in the All Ireland final. Yeah, unbelievable. Nine goals and 17 points, I think it was. Um, uh, nine goals and 13 points to four goals and 12. Absolutely incredible. Um, what a performance and delighted for them. Absolutely delighted for them. Yeah, and Jessica Potter didn't follow that up by saying Mead Camogie will be the only ones bringing home the silverware. 
No, she's she's right. Um, the only ones bringing home in all Ireland silverware. Um, mm. Of course, our miners brought home the Leinster title. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and incidentally, by the way, the seniors do start their campaign next weekend as well. Um, they play host to That's Dublin, right. I think, next weekend. No time and venue yet, but it will be a home game for Mead. So it's just a case of where that game will be. I think it's Sunday. Uh, the, mid, so, the mid ladies footballers out against uh, Tipperary, yeah. Tip, yeah. Tipperary were absolutely trounced by Cork uh, Saturday as well. So, like, hopefully, Mead ladies can get their, their first win back in senior football next weekend as well. So, yeah, it is, it is going to be a pretty mental weekend as well, Mickey. Yeah. Um, Ronan Perry said six point swing, Lane never gave Mead penalty, and Dublin's was not a penalty. Yeah, that's that's we we've discussed that numerous times. I like very very little contact on uh, Fenton, but yet Fenton goes through the back of uh, Jordy Morris, and apparently uh, Jordy Morris has fouled him. <laughs> it's just ridiculous how it's not penalty. Absolutely, Jane is next in, and she just said, "Could not be prouder to be from Mead today. What a comeback, lads!" Yeah, brilliant, and that's that's what. That's that. That's what I'm just delighted about. Is that, that there's so much positivity and people feel great and people can go into work now tomorrow and go, yeah, we put it up to the Dubs and yeah, it was a six point win, but like they kicked three points in added time to mm. win that game by six points and, and and you know there was a penalty shout that what didn't go our way and they got a penalty that probably shouldn't have been a penalty it was a soft penalty and yeah we've got we've got stuff to give out about now tomorrow when we go to work. Absolutely. Uh, Josh McGrath just said, own Griffin's drinking habits. Well, um, I don't know much about um, his drinking habits. Um, is he a Lucasade sport or is he a, a cordial man? I don't know, but he's laid up at the minute. He's in a boot. Uh, he got injured, so that's probably why. He's in, he will. He's, he's in a boot? He is. a car. <laughs> well, I hope he's not. Um, but you just wouldn't know. Um, Thomas McLeod said last 10 minutes was calling out for Mickey Newman. Yeah. Um, was Mickey going to score a goal at that stage? I think he probably would have given a bit of a threat inside, all right. Um, well, on the main, the changes were quite good, though, I would have said. Like, definitely Jones gave us a bit of impetus. Um, James Conlon came on, did okay as well. Um, there was a few. I thought everyone kind of had their own contributions. It was a little bit surprised not to see Mickey. I won't lie yeah. to you. Um, but you would know he could have possibly been carrying something into the game. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Um, where are we? We're getting there. And Niall Murphy is next in and he said, Jack O'Connor not on the panel is a joke. Um, look, Jack O'Connor has, uh, has a bright future ahead of him. Like... Uh, uh, Oh, hang on. Sorry, I thought it was Jack Flynn. Jack O'Connor, not on the... Not on the, not on the match day panel, yeah. Not on the 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, disappointed. I thought it was Jack Flynn they were on about there. I was going to say Jack Flynn is a, a huge... Oh, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge future, yeah. Yeah, so... But, but like, I suppose you look at it, Mickey, and like, there, for example, Ronan Ryan was outstanding for us against Longford. He obviously made way for Conor McGill and he didn't even feature. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so it's very much... Sort of game to game, and as you say, Jack O'Connor has definitely contributed already this year, and we will we will see plenty more from him in the future. So you know, as you say, another one for the future. Yeah, that's it. I think. Shanae, not that from Paddy Stapleton. No PS tapes. No, and he was all he was. He was very 
buoyant and jubilant about the game and that as well. Possibly long day for Mr. Stapleton. Was he at the game? Mm, he could have been. He could have been. Well, look, um, yeah, look, it, it, it's... We don't want a moral victory, but it was a good performance from our lads. And, uh, you know, they put it up to Dublin, as did um, the Mead on the 20s on Thursday night. The Mead hurlers had a great win in the Joe McDonough. The minors were very unlucky to go down by a point to down. Camogues, the under-16s, won the All-Ireland uh, B Championship. Absolutely fantastic. So I think that's where we should probably finish our podcast this week, Davey. Um, the under-16s are the All-Ireland under-16B champions and nobody can take that trophy away from them. No, what an achievement and hopefully the start of uh, start of many to come. I know the, the Mead ladies um, and the Mead Camogues are, are still going in the championship and that's where we'll be focusing our attention now in, in an inter-county capacity for the next few weeks before we look forward to the start of the club championships. Yeah, absolutely. And um, on our Patreon service this week on our Loyal Royals podcast, we will have an under-20s review with interviews with Barry Callaghan and James O'Hare after that loss to Dublin on Thursday night. We will be reviewing the football as well, uh, Mead and Dublin in the Leinster semi-final. And we have our hurling um, review as well from the Joe McDonough relegation playoff between Mead and Kildare. So, Davy. The Mead Miners starting their campaign next Saturday as well. They, we, we're at home to Loud next Saturday in Park Talton. Uh, Loud have already a game under the belt. I believe it's a Leinster semi-final because Mead obviously had the boys straight through. So, yeah, let's let's give them a big uh, support next Saturday as well. Our good friend of the podcast, Alan Tormey's son, AJ, is part of that Mead panel as well. So just a special mention for him um, and all the lads indeed next Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, and I did forget about that. And we have the ladies out next weekend, and we have the Camogues out next weekend as well, getting their championship off, uh, starting their uh, 2021 championship. And obviously the ladies will be playing Tipperary in their second game of the All-Ireland Senior Championship. Davey, have you anything else for the podcast? Good night, no. God bless. Yeah, well, that, that's it from us. We are made white in Manitoba.